2: Hey everybody. Hey, I want to super duper welcome all of you. Welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat show. This is talk radio to thrive by. Uh, Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on, doing what you do, downloading us, podcast, listening on the phone, all the ways that uh, technology brings us together is quite amazing. Quite amazing, isn't it? And, you know, I was at a meeting over the weekend, Mr. Benny. And let me say hello to Mr. Benny. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hey, Pat. I was at a meeting this weekend and I was, uh, you know, I just uh, shared a little bit at the meeting. And after the meeting, somebody walked up to me and said, you know, your voice sounds so familiar to me. It sounds so familiar to me. And I thought, okay, that, you know, I didn't even, I wasn't able to put it together. And they said, you know, I listened to a radio show with somebody that sounds exactly like you. And I thought, do I dare ask Benny? Do I dare ask? And 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 the, and I said, "Well, well, w- what show do you listen to?" And lo and behold, one of our listeners, boom, right there in the most unlikely place imaginable. <laughs> uh, one of our listeners. And so, yeah. <laughs> I love meeting our listeners because many it's kind of, of, of a synchronicity, right? Synchronicity. And you and I actually don't get out very much. I mean we do a lot of our work Whoa, in the whoa, studio. whoa,
3: whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. Now now just a minute here.
4: <laughs> toot your horn, I'll toot my horn. I get out. Okay, but when I am at work, I am at work. That's true.
2: That is true. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah, sure that we're is true. Clear in the that air is there. That's true. Clear the air there. All right. Uh we had a great lineup this week <laughs> as usual. But we're starting out with um you know, for me, so interesting to be able to do this for so many years and still be amazed. I'm, I'm still amazed. You know, so when I when I get to read books like the book I have here today by Christopher Knight, God's Blueprint: Scientific ev- Evidence That Earth Was Created for Humans. You know, I am in awe. That's what happens to me. I am in awe. And so today, Christopher is joining us here today because we're going to talk about, you know, what this means to have a book of this nature come to the forefront in the times we live in today. Um, And and I want to just say this on the heels of thinking about this coming Passover. uh, What's fascinating is that I was listening to someone who also has done some research and has provided evidence of the cycle of life that we are in today. Four blood moons, two last year, two this coming year. One is on Passover. They are on the, uh, these four blood moons are on Jewish traditions. And some people say that's just an anomaly. That's just coincidence. But I wonder what Christopher Knight would have to say about coincidence. Is coincidence the forefront of how we get to explain away that which we don't want to believe? Or is it a serendipity? Is it about us becoming to a new level of awareness and realization? And so I get to talk with this researcher, author, co-author of numerous books on ancient mysteries. His new book, as I mentioned, God's Blueprint, Scientific Evidence That the Earth Was Created for Humans. Uh, Came a writer almost by accident, just like me. Talk show, definitely by accident. Uh, But more than that, you know, his research has been about what we can bring to the surface that we're now ready to hear about and understand. So much of of what I know that Christopher has been working on and has researched has been so eye-opening for so many people. And so today we get to talk with him about this book, about the book, Who Built the Moon?, and much more. Christopher, thank you for joining us here today. It's great to have you on the show.
5: Hi there. It's good to be with you.
2: You know, it's fascinating about what's coming to the forefront in our pop culture. And I, I just want to refer to this in a minute about the the kinds of uh, shows that are being aired on television, the kinds of movies that are being created. And they all now, not all, but quite a few of them are referencing ancient times. For example, you know, here in the U.S. on television is this show called The Dig and it really touches upon some ancient discoveries and things that we are looking at in our lives and want to embrace. And let's talk a little bit about this book. You know, let's talk about God's blueprint. What, what has called forth in you to be able to bring this information to the masses?
5: Well, I, I'm, I'm just a humble researcher. I've been mm-hmm. uh, researching um, oh, since uh, the mid-1970s, and um, I just, well, I wrote down my findings in my first book, and it became a bestseller, which amazed me. So <laughs> I keep sharing the research that goes on, and it's changed me greatly because the things that I believed in have, all turned upside down. Um, And you're right, what you touched on there, that there is a sort of human psyche of things coming together, um, which I I can't begin to explain, but I'm absolutely certain that you're right, that it's happening.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, and the interest is what I'm fascinated by. You know, the interest in people from all over the world to explore a different understanding of life, you know, to move beyond whatever spiritual, religious, religious beliefs that one has for a new level of curiosity. What do you think this this I mean, I, I, maybe it's just me, but what do you think this this new level of curiosity is about? What's the longing here? What are people longing for?
5: I think it, that's a that's a big big question. But, yeah. <laughs> um, my I'm very sort of rational and scientific and um, almost boring by my my background, my the way I approach things, and and yet I've completely flipped that on its head somewhat.
6: Mm-hmm. And I
5: I think the the headline answer is that. Um, we're at the point of maturity now. I think spirituality and religion have gone all a little bit haywire recent times. And mm-hmm. Science has appeared to be in collision with spiritual uh, beliefs, the rationalisms of science, but they're actually not in collision at all. They are two halves of the same coin as they were indeed five, 6,000 years ago, plus the science and religion were the same, two, two, two sides of the same coin. And I think we're returning to that. I think we've got to, a maturity now where we realize that technology is great, but it's it's not the meaning of life. And people are starting to look at the more uh, complex areas of what it means to be human, what it means to be a, a living creature, in fact, more than just human. And I think science is going the same way. Science is realizing, uh, scientists are realizing that there is much more to all this than just simple cause and effect and equations and... Um, Writing this down as so if we can if we can put it under a microscope we can we can explain it well that doesn't explain anything no. and I think there's an awareness so I think there is slowly a re-meeting of the spiritual side and the scientific rational side of the human psyche and it's happening everywhere it's it, it it's not just patchy it really is and I think that's because we have global communications as much as anything. So there's something quite special happening. It really is. You know,
2: one of the things you talk about in the book is, you know, when you, you know, on the chapter around beliefs and religion, you use a quote that I think is amazing, the quote by Gandhi, you know, and you talk yeah. about, you say that the quote is the essence of all religions is one, only their, uh, their approaches are different. And then you go on to talk about this and explain it and talk about what you've discovered. And I'd love for you to share that with our listeners.
5: Um, well it, it's a it, it's a big subject. The Yeah. The the, the books that I've been writing uh, uh mostly with uh researching with Alan Butler have led to investigations of prehistory, um and finding what they knew uh, provably, you know, checkably they had pretty advanced science that makes some of our stuff look silly. Um and that is a fact, because they were on a different trajectory, um but it's now suddenly got relevance for us, so we've got to turn the clock back to go forward uh is my view, and mm-hmm. um things are coalescing into a into a new hole right now and i am I'm, I'm as close to an, what you would call an atheist as anyone could be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've struggled over the last few years with my findings to find an explanation that would allow me to say uh, that there's a, I can explain this away, but I can't explain it away. The only absolutely mm-hmm. sane and sensible explanation is that it was all created by a super powerful entity um, who is in rela- has a relationship with humans. So for want of a better word, that's God. And I tried to find any other solution that I possibly can, and I've failed. So I've, in the end, had to write the book.
6: There, mm.
5: there really is this entity called God who is very much in, connected to us humans, may, or all life on Earth. We just happen to be the Irish form of life on Earth.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I love what you write in the book, you know, in the chapter, All Ideas Die Hard. We're going to talk about that when we come back. You know, I'm so thrilled. This book is fabulous. As a matter of fact, folks, I got to tell you, we have three copies of this book to, to give away God's blueprint, scientific evidence that Earth was created for humans. Christopher Knight is my very, very special guest here today. You know, when we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, these old ideas that we hold on to. You know, what, what's going on with them? You know, what is it that Christopher discovered on the way to writing this book and exploration that each and every one of us has? You know, that question of, is there an it? Is there a higher power? What, what do all religions really come to? Uh, and maybe all is a little bit drastic, but, you know, what is the conclusion that, that they come to? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. Christopher Knight, my very special guest today. We'll be right back.
0: For your dream.
7: Would you like to be a question with anything that comes up in your body or mind? Would you like to become totally aware and begin to function as the conscious being you truly are? Join Access Certified Facilitator Glenna Rice every month for a live teleclass where you can ask all of your questions and learn to create change in any aspect of your life. Visit GlennaRice.com today to learn more and don't miss the next call. Join the questionable conversation today at GlennaRice.com. Do you want to transform your life's trauma and challenges into the gift that your life was meant to be? It's time for you to take control of your soul journey to heal, grow, and shine. Manifest your destiny with Wendy Wolf, soul transformer, energy, and psychic healer. To start your soul journey, contact Wendy at healgrowshine.com or email Wendy at wendy at wendyrwolf.com and start your adventure today
1: You said it's all yours if you take it there. I said I can't do it, Hey
2: everyone, welcome back Boy, you know, I, I've got to open up these phone lines for you guys out there And let's do a couple things on the show today that's fascinating for, for all of us one is, uh, Mr. Benny, I, I would love to give a copy of the book away to the first caller. But also, for those of you out there, you've got to have some questions for, for Christopher. I mean, I, I have so many questions. I hope I'm going to be able to get them in. The book is, for me, uh, created in a way that my researcher brain can adapt to and understand and say, hmm, yep, I get that. That's possible. But it's fascinating as well. Uh, And if you haven't read Christopher's other books, uh, we're going to tell you how to find out more about those. So if you have questions for Christopher today on the show, we're going to give you a couple of options. One, you can give us a call. And definitely, if you're the first caller for the copy of the book, make sure if you don't want to come on here, give Benny your question. 1-800-930-2819. one 800 nine three zero two eight one nine the other thing is if you go to transformation dot com or the drpacho dot com if you scroll down to the bottom right there is a little question box and if you put your questions in there we're just going to bring them up on air we're just going to get them get them out in the forefront here um i love christopher not knowing what i don't know before we jump in what is the best way for people to find out more about you what's your website
5: um, I don't run a website because um, I haven't time to keep it up because I, I do all this in my spare time. So I I, I work a normal week. Um, yeah,
2: that's why I asked you because I couldn't find a website.
5: <laughs> well, there isn't one. That's why. Thank you. I will get around to it one day, but um, n- not I- yet.
2: You know what? I, I think we're going to help you do that. But I understand completely, you know, why not. Um, but people can get the book just about anywhere. I mean, you know, what we're talking about here for folks out there, you know, is an opportunity to really look at things in different ways. You know, I, before the break, what I was ta- what I was saying about this was old ideas die hard. You know, and I had to think about this as I was reading through here um and and I love i you know i i don't know if you picked these quotes out or your editor or your publisher picked them out, but i I got to this quote, and I never heard this quote before, and it says it doesn't it doesn't make any difference how smart you are or yeah. who who made the guess or what his name is if it disagrees with the experiment it's wrong that's all there is to it wow
5: Where's what your do you think? your your fellow New Yorker <laughs> I know. But he also lived in, this, in my village in England as well for quite a few years,
2: uh-huh.
5: where I live now.
2: That is a tough nut to swallow. That that one right there. Why am I having a hard time with this, Christopher?
5: Mm. No, he's a great guy. Great quote, that one.
2: mm mm-hmm. But what is the context of it? What does it mean in terms of our our our, our search for whether or not God exists? Well,
5: what what, what it means is that. Um, well the the reason I use it there is that there are a lot of um people that call themselves you know, scientists who mm-hmm. think their opinions important but talk nonsense um, and they're not really very scientific if you you're only a scientist if you follow what uh, uh what turns up whether you like it or not you've got to follow what turns up and increasingly um much of what is taught in schools and even universities is um, not exactly the whole truth, or sometimes plumber wrong.
6: Hmm. I,
2: I want to ask you about something, and, and you know, just I, I want to talk about it in terms of what you've discovered here and God's blueprint. You know, when I think about this and I say God's blueprint, I might have an idea of what you mean by that, okay? And then yeah. again, I might not. And I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave that question up to my mind. I would love for you to hear, uh, to to share with our listeners, God's blueprint. You know, you could have named this book a lot of different things. You know what I mean? But yeah. there is a meaning to this, and I would love for you to talk about that with us.
5: Well, it's it's um, very simple, really, that if God created he- heaven and earth, the, the physical solar system— um, and he did it using um, scientific measurement, a system of scientific measurement, rather than just abstract. That's communicating to us. That's telling us: pay attention. Look, at, look. I have actually used this system to build it. It's not just random. Um, that that is a calling card. And a, a lot of astrophysicists have said that if if you wanted to leave a message through time and in space, you'd do it big, big objects, and you'd put the mathematics into it to do it. Well, that's what's actually happened. The Earth, the Moon, and the Sun are completely different to anything else in our solar system, and they're all built, constructed um, to perfect measurements in terms of their dimensions, their mass, their rotations. Um, Everything about them is built like a machine, um, if, if you like, in that they are perfectly adhering to an impossible set of values and they were designed that way four and a half billion years ago um, they've moved and changed since but at this point in time they're precise they were designed for this point in time um, and it's a you know, it's a very clear message pay attention um, because it's any scientist and I've I' asked lots of different scientists to look at it and they all go oh my what well, how could that? That can't be right. Um, and yet it is right, and it's checkable, testable, correct. So there is a blueprint it's, um, to the Earth, the Moon, and the Sun. But the strange thing is that people 6,000 years ago knew and understood this. And I really struggle to understand how they knew it, um, but they did. Um, so there is a, a checkable, testable blueprint for the, for the design of uh, the Earth, Moon, and Sun. Uh, they are very special. Now, a number of astrophysicists believe that we are now in the center of the universe. Um, so there is a very special place here. Um, so that's why it's called Blueprint, because there's a, a plan, and it's right now.
2: You know, one of the things that, you know, I started to read about and think about is uh, is, you know, what's happening in the world, how things are, are going on, how things are being orchestrated, you know, what is it that exists today in the world that we can learn from, that we can, you know, that we can gather information that we can gather, you know, Christopher, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we can gather some insight. Um, you know, I I don't know if you, if you know this, but we get so many callers into the shows on Transformation Talk Radio, people calling in, you know, that are willing to go to any length, that are willing to work, that are willing to do the things that are required. But what, what I think most of them have in common is they're seeking a level of knowledge and wisdom from not from, not from a textbook, right, but from learning how to connect with the inner parts of themselves. You know, and I want to ask you about that as you wrote this book. How did you address that longing? How did you address our continuous urge for evidence and proof of that which we cannot see? And, by the way, whether or not it exists within us.
5: I didn't. That wasn't my starting point. Okay. um, But to some extent, it's my finishing point. Uh, My my starting point is entirely rational, uh, scientific, uh, checkable stuff. And I'm not... The uh, the book refers to God's blueprint, but it's nothing to do with religion. There's no religion in there at all. Mm -hmm. Religion fascinates me, but I'm not religious as a person. And God doesn't belong to any religion, necessarily. I mean... It belongs to them all, for sure, but it it doesn't need to belong to any of them. And humans um, are here by some grand design. And it pains me to say that because it's not what I want to believe. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it is inescapably true. And what I've found in recent times, particularly in exposure to some of the ancient uh, sites in this country, in the United Kingdom, in England, in Scotland is that they had a technology then that liberated the not the brain but the, the inner person if you like they they could clearly do this which is how they understood um, the, this, this science and this mathematics um, because they had techniques to open their brains to the I, there isn't even a word for it um, um scheme of things that we've lost that to, to a large extent and a lot of people who call themselves spiritual um, are trying to they know it they sense it's there and they're trying to seek it and they use different means and methods to do it religion is, is one of them and um, you know the contemplation and there are different ways but there are also scientific ways mm-hmm. electromagnetism um, uh, some sorts of drugs, potentially, yeah. um, sensory deprivation. There are ways of causing the brain to become less complicated and get back to a, a, an essence. Now, that sounds to me very woo woo, because I've just never believed in stuff like that. <laughs> I've been very, very matter of fact. But it's very clear to me now that all life on Earth is one and there is a, a connection. Um, with all of this that was fully understood five and six seven thousand years ago that we've lost track of, but the evidence is still there, so we can turn it back and I think we we can actually use the technology to our advantage now to to do that, and I think there are a lot of people who just feel that's that should be possible, and it is indeed possible but but it is we can do it with science now. We don't have to do it um, um, sitting in a cave, meditating. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one way of doing it, but it's probably a fairly inefficient way of doing it. Yeah. Um, we, we're moving to an age of maturity mm-hmm. uh, where we can rediscover um, our inner selves and our species identity as well, I think.
2: hmm you know, I, gosh, there's so much I want to talk with you. Christopher Knight is joining us here today. When we're going to come back, there are a couple of things that I would love to hear about. You know, I would love to hear about numbers, numbers. And something that I have so been curious about in my own personal journey, something that Christopher talks about in the book, Jupiter. I never thought that I would see Jupiter being talked about in the book this way. one 800 For those of you out there, I've got another copy of the book to give away. We will be right back with the show.
5: Into the tree, they strung up a man, they say who murdered three. Strange things that happen here, no stranger would it be if we met at night in the hanging tree are you are you coming into the tree
0: join the pacific northwest eft tappers at the fifth annual tappers gathering march 14th at bastier university and have a chance to meet eft founder gary craig this event raises money for continuing eft tapping scientific research bring your cards and information for a full day of networking and inspiration Visit www.nwtappersgathering.com or call 360-661-6877.
8: Can you keep your lifestyle in retirement? It's a question people often wonder about. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Jeff Packman about the new confident retirement approach. You and Jeff can break down retirement planning step-by-step step to get the real answers you need. In fact, 93% of clients who have had the Confident Retirement Approach conversation feel more confident about their retirement. Call Jeff Packman Financial Advisor, at 425-453-0272 for your Confident Retirement conversation today. Office is located at 601-108th Avenue, Northeast, Suite 1800, Bellevue, Washington, 98004. Percentage based on Ameriprise Financial Confident Retirement Client Survey as of December 2013. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment and advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC. This is Peggy Snow, practitioner at
6: Stellar Reflections, with a Stellar Reflections Minute. So many people these days are trying to find ways to relieve their stress. What happens to our breathing when we're feeling overwhelmed and stress? When we tune in, we realize that we're either holding our breath or taking very shallow breath to signal the body that all is well, which most of the time it is. Sometimes all that is needed is a nice, deep breath to break the cycle. First exhale to get all the stale air out by engaging the abdominal muscles and blowing gently. Next, take a nice full breath in, feeling it fill your body all the way down to your hips. Release fully and enjoy the freedom of movement. Notice how your body feels. Do you feel refreshed? Calmness is only a breath away. This has been a Stellar Reflections Minute. For more information about what we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat show. This is talk radio to thrive by. Uh, For those of you wondering, you know, that song sounds a little crazy, but that is from the latest uh, release of the Hunger Games. Um and part one of the last book of The Hunger Games, Mockingjay. And uh, I'm so thrilled to have Christopher Knight joining me here today. And we're going to talk about a lot of things. But, Mr. Benny, we do have one of our fabulous, fabulous listeners uh, joining us. Why don't we bring him on? Sure, let's bring on John. He's calling in from Seattle. Great question from John. Welcome to the show. John.
3: Hello, Pat. Thank you again. You're wonderful. Uh, I love all you your too. topics and your guests.
2: I know. This one's really uh, a juicy one. I, I can't wait to hear your question.
3: Uh, well, my question has to do with, well, I one, it kind of sparked a, an idea in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, the title of the book, The Blueprint of the Imagination, is very interesting because the sages in the Jewish realm have called the Torah the blueprint of creation. Yeah. And it reminds me of a book by a Dr. Chaim Zimmerman. It's called Tour and Reason, and he talks exactly about what Chris was talking about. He says, brings up the law of perfection, that anything created by a perfect entity, in its essence, is perfect. So I was wondering, wow. with John, um, like, how does that tie in to his other theory in this book, that um, the more that science becomes more moralistic and, and, and with integrity, the more the truths of the world are exposed
5: or revealed?
2: Wow, that's a great question.
5: Well, my view, worldview really is that science is everything um, uh, because everything obeys the, a certain set of laws and we humans can understand our, our place in the universe through science better than most other means, but mm-hmm. science currently is probably more limited than it needs to be, which is what I was referring to that we're in a, perhaps in an age where we're going to rediscover some of the missing bits which is um, the, the, the softest part, but it's still science mm-hmm. um, now, my reason for saying that God and I, I use the word God because I can't think of another word of describing this mm-hmm. creator entity did create heaven and earth now whether, the, whether they are a perfect being or not. I have no idea. Um, but it was a deliberate act and it was a pretty uh, impressive one, to put it mildly. And this entity uh-huh. is in communication with us. Um, and that, if someone's got another way of explaining away the facts that, uh, that I've uncovered, that's fine. Um, but I can't, I've tried hard to find alternatives and mm-hmm. I can't find any. It, it's pretty clear that that's the case. Um, and um, I, th- I think science is a healthy thing. Scientists often hold people who have spiritual views in with view them with suspicion, and vice versa. People with highly developed spiritual views think scientists are a bit too pragmatic. But really, they they need to come together um, for, for the yeah. greater good.
2: Yeah, John, did you hear oh. that? Yeah,
3: wasn't yeah that I did. yeah. Um, yeah. It, and that's exactly, I mean, I think one of the points that Dr. Zimmerman, I think is a scientist, not sure, that brings up in his book, Torn Reason, is that there is a, a deliberate act, that, like you're saying, exactly what you're saying. And the way right. that science and, and religion or spiritual beings come together is through acting in a and in in like Dr. Pat, in a very moralistic, ethical way, mm-hmm. rather than not proving their own facts through their observations but also giving it over to uh, a bigger creator that that made these laws of nature that that are revealed through science's truthful means
2: i'm gonna to to turn the show over to you too because i i'm just having a ball <laughs> you know I, I, christopher i'd like you to answer what you know talk to john about this because he's got a really a fascinating point point. and i don't well, know john if you heard this before go ahead christopher
5: Yeah, my starting point was not philosophy or theology. I Mm -hmm. I didn't want, I wasn't sort of saying, oh, why are we here? What's this all about? And I equally wasn't sort of wanting to demonstrate that there is a God because I didn't even believe that there was an active God. I started with some fairly mundane archaeological and mathematical researches. And when I found how much these, Ancient people understood of the planet and the workings of the planet, its dimensions, its mass. And in fact, they created the imperial measurement system and the metric measurement system 6,000 years ago um, in in all its glory. Um, And I I couldn't understand how they could have done this. So I've tried to find reasons why. Then I discovered that the moon and the sun conform to all these things, and yet nothing else in the solar system does. So there's something very special about the Earth, Moon and the Sun um, deliberately made so. So I'm trying to think, what on Earth is going on here? So I have started with the numbers, not with the philosophy and not with the theology, but it's backed me up to the point where it's forced me to think about the theology and the philosophy. Um, So I've, I've started my journey in the opposite direction to most people, I suspect. Well you're life. not very you're,
3: you're you're not very far off of of uh, Abraham. He sort of went through the same sort of prog- process of seeing how the moon mm-hmm. and the sun they do rotate. Mm-hmm. Um so and then how did you in your book or talk about the uh, the idea of um what do they say the law of of uh probability or the law of uh what is science is used the law of,
5: the the stuff that can't be explained. Well, I've actually reversed it as I've written the book, and I've started out with the improbability of existence. I mean, Mm -hmm. scientists are increasingly... I mean, I I saw a reporting this week about Jupiter, for example. It should not exist. Yeah. Um, And it shouldn't certainly exist where it is, and it breaks all the laws of astrophysics. But if it didn't, the Earth wouldn't exist, because it would be bombed out of existence. It's a mm-hmm. great catcher. Wow! Um, that protects wow. us. Um, I know everything about the the design of the not only the solar system but the whole of the universe. The the critical things that happen milliseconds after the Big Bang um, for for carbons to exist for um, for everything we can see. It's, the chance of it happening are one in a gazillion. <laughs> so um, yeah. I find it very strange when people actually say it's just a, a series of accidents that we're here. Well, that, doesn't, that just doesn't feel right, does it? No, you know? no,
2: no. It doesn't feel not right at all.
5: to me. Further than that, it, most scientists are actually not atheists for good reason. That um, it is quite scientific to actually understand that that it, that's a potty theory that it's all one big, long chain of accidents. It's quite quite. I think Albert Einstein said something like that. Yeah, indeed he did. Yeah, I mean, um, like Isaac Newton, you know, before him said, um, uh, I can can describe gravity and I can describe the the rules of the universe, but all I'm doing is describing God's work. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's no... Would
3: you say who have come up with grand ideas or things that have revolutionized the world have been able to somehow tap into their imagination, or or a, is the imagination a higher level of creativity? Or well, oh, this that, is
5: good. That, that, that that's a really interesting um, yeah. area, yeah. Um, and in, in trying to explain what I found, I've sort of backed up into a lot of that, and I had. To, which I refer to in the book—a very strange experience—on um, mm-hmm. my my own brain uh, exposed to a at a megalithic site, um, which caused me to ha- have it, a, a extraordinary abilities um, because they used um, they used physical powers to um, affect. Number of people saying that the human brain, for want of a better word, is actually not just um, a little mini computer processor. It it is a, a, a transmitter and a receiver. Years ago, I'd have said that's rubbish. That's just woo-woo nonsense. But I'm saying it myself now. So, but I go with it. I go with the evidence takes me. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I find something interesting to both of you that you know. I wonder if you, you know. I'm sure you've thought about this. You know, I started to go back and and read about Einstein and and not about you know his discovery, so to speak. Not necessarily about you know, what it is that, you know, from a scientific point of view, created his genius. But I started to go back and try to get my hands on just about anything I can get my hands on uh, about Einstein from a faith point of view, from, if we could, from a spiritual point of view. And, And wouldn't you guys agree at some level that we would not have expected back in his day, uh, someone that was so brilliant in one arena to also be so open about his spiritual beliefs. I mean, I find that interesting even today about his, his journey in the spiritual realm and what he discovered and, 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 and what kind of credit he puts towards that. You know, is he an example of the intersection or the integration of science and spirituality, Christopher, I think,
5: I, I, I think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I think the problem is that people are these days are expected to say, "I'm a scientist and therefore very practical," or mm-hmm. "I'm a priest and I'm very very spiritual and I believe in um, the, the power of the scriptures." And you know, they're the polarized. They there isn't a contradiction. There's a lot of scientists who, who change their mind as they as they, they, they they learn, and they they soften on the spiritual side. That they don't necessarily take up religion, as in any formal sense, but they suddenly, or they move towards the the, the same energies that drive religion, and sometimes they do become religious. Um, because there isn't that dividing line that's often assumed um, by people like Richard Dawkins, uh, mm-hmm. if you're aware of him, the British scientist, yeah. who's um, very black and white. And yet m- most scientists I know think he's an unsophisticated thinker um, because he's determined to have this partition between what he sees as sensible and what he sees as silly, if you like, or, or, or mad. Um, and it isn't like that at all um, and people like Einstein uh, because he was so superb at what he did had the confidence to express it as he saw it um, and, and, and lots of great people are, are like that um, they um, they're prepared to, and Anthony Flew I referred to in my mm-hmm. book you know, he, he, he was a, a philosopher a man of his generation. He was a superstar, atheist. He spent his life writing great philosophical uh, volumes on the the, the idiocy of um, belief and religion, until he got to 80. And then he said, hey, the evidence has changed. Suddenly, I can't resist this any longer. Clearly, I've been wrong. Um, There is a grand plan. There is a design. There is a God, and it's not for me to... He just turns back on his whole life's work. Now, that takes a lot of strength um, and admirable, whereas you get a lot of -of middle-of-the-road people who they find some evidence that doesn't suit them, and they'll push it under the desk. Oh, I don't want to see that. Right. Um, So we're coming to a period when great scientists are likely to be Friends of the theologians, and in fact, a lot of theologians are going to have to embrace science, some are, and some aren't. Right. Um, so we, we've got to dissolve this divide, and some of the more backward looking religions are going to be stuck uh, in a limbo because in my personal view, go back far enough for religion was very sophisticated, but it went through a bad patch. Um, mm-hmm. when, when, it, when it got caught up with too much uh, of ritual and, um, um, and and it lost lost track of what it was about um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's an ability now to, to to get the essence of the old religions which I know for a fact come from the same the, mm-hmm. the same science that I I'm guess. finding
6: yeah.
5: ancient Judaism well, for I example is, is one example mm-hmm. um, but Absolutely based in astronomy um, mm. and detailed understanding of the movements of the planets, the oh, moon, yeah. moon, and the sun.
2: Yeah, and, so, and John, so, I, I want to make sure, John, before we run out of time, please don't hang up. Also, we we would okay. love to give you a copy of the book, and Mr. Benny would okay. need to get your information. Go ahead, John. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Right. I didn't want you to hang up, though.
3: Yeah, no problem. What I was going to get at is that it seems like these great scientists or these the great people of, I mean, even you know the founding fathers of this great country were were somewhere involved in spirituality or religion or a higher power. Absolutely right. And they were and and they were able to create. And maybe the dividing line is is you know where the ego falls in of whether they're they're proving science so that they can come up with a grand theory and make a name for themselves, or they want to discover, or 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 show the world what the truth is by eliminating their own sense of ego or or coming to Mm. a sense of humility Mm. and i was going to ask ask christopher where Mm. where ego comes when when tapping into imagination
2: Yeah, that's a good question yeah actually you know i have the same question the question really is can imagination and ego coexist
5: um I know, right? The definitions of those words, but um, yes, they can because ego uh, is seen as a negative, but it isn't necessarily a negative. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the way it manifests itself. Um, But uh, John was talking then about the founding fathers, but Mm -hmm. in my book, Thomas Jefferson is one of the greatest guys that ever walked the planet, Mm -hmm. Um, and and he plugged straight into this. Um, Stone Age prehistoric uh, measuring system um, when he set out to to create a new system of weights and measures for the United States, which he, apart from the dollar, were never adopted, but what the the experiments he did, and he spotted that a cubic foot of water contains exactly a thousand fluid ounces, and he said, exactly a thousand? That's a bit weird. Um, And he he touched in, 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 into the whole system, uh, and he devised a, a, a means of measuring the rotation of the Earth. And he recreated, with just with his own imagination and his own scientific abilities, he recreated a large part of the ancient system that had been in use 6,000 years earlier. Um, and, I, you know, I've done it today, but I've got all the advantages of the, the Internet and information and, and, and modern science. He didn't. Um, so what a brilliant man! Yeah, of course, working Benjamin Franklin helps a lot, but um, you know th- those those sorts of guys. We need more of them.
2: Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I mean, we talk about folks that uh, lived 100, 200 years ago, but we 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 don't realize that they did not have the kind of connectivity and information that we have at our fingertips. John, thank you for joining us. Christopher, uh, John, please hang on. Don't hang up. Uh okay. Benny would love to get some information, and thank you for your insight, and thank you for your willingness to come on the show. Appreciate it. Um, you know, Christopher, I, I know we've got a couple of minutes left, and, you know, I, I told you we have the best listeners on the planet. I mean, <laughs> my goodness. Good uh, questions, yeah. Good questions. Um, You know, there's a lot that you and I, uh, you know, probably didn't get to talk about, but it's covered in this book. And if not in this book, some of the other uh, bodies of work you've done, you know, we have about a minute or so left. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what would you like to leave us with? What's your personal message uh, uh, about, uh, you know, the book and perhaps maybe what we've discussed or maybe something we haven't?
5: Well, what I'm trying to achieve with this book mm-hmm. is um, to get people to think seriously about God. Um, if you've got religion, that's fine, but think beyond your your scriptures and, and, and look at the science. And if you're a scientist, uh, look at the evidence, and if there's another explanation, you tell me what it is.
6: Mm. And
5: if it does indicate, because the, the point is, he's trying to make He's not trying to make, he's demanding that we pay attention. And I think there's a huge new message um that is present waiting to be decoded um from him, it, she, her, whatever mm-hmm. God is, um, to take us into a, a next stage of development. I think we've we've just reached adulthood, if you like. It's our bum, or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're um, ready to enter a new stage, um, and we've very clearly been told that. And that this 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 is pure numbers. It's checkable, testable. It's not um, numerology. It's not um, uh, philosophy, and it's not theology. It 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 is just raw data. Have all you know. So I want scientists to look at it, and I want theologians to uh, step outside of their scriptures and look at it too. They may be harder than the scientists in actual fact.
2: We shall see. Oh, I love it. Oh, thank you so much. Christopher Knight joining me here today. The book is called God's Blueprint. It is amazing. It's fascinating. You know, it's one of those books, I got to tell you, Christopher, you know, I got my hands on it and I started to underline things and I'm telling you what a mess, what a mess I made of your book, just to let you know. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me here today, Christopher. Thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you, Bob. Oh my gosh. We're going to take a short break, everyone. We're not done yet. Uh, boy, I hope we've given you something to think about here. Let's take a short break, folks. We'll be right back.
1: Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information.
7: Would you like to be a question with anything that comes up in your body or mind? Would you like to become totally aware and begin to function as the conscious being you truly are? Join Access Certified Facilitator Glenna Rice every month for a live teleclass where you can ask all of your questions and learn to create change in any aspect of your life. Visit GlennaRice.com today to learn more and don't miss the next call. Join the questionable conversation today at GlennaRice.com. Do you want to transform your life's trauma and challenges into the gift that your life was meant to be? It's time for you to take control of your soul journey to heal, grow, and shine. Manifest your destiny with Wendy Wolf, soul transformer, energy, and psychic healer. To start your soul journey, contact Wendy at healgrowshine.com or email Wendy at wendy at wendyrwolf.com and start your adventure today
0: Join the Pacific Northwest EFT Tappers at the 5th Annual Tappers Gathering, March 14th at Bastier University, and have a chance to meet EFT founder Gary Craig. This event raises money for continuing EFT tapping scientific research. Bring your cards and information for a full day of networking and inspiration. Visit www.nwtappersgathering.com or call 360-661-6877.
8: Can you keep your lifestyle in retirement? It's a question people often wonder about. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Jeff Packman about the new Confident Retirement Approach. You and Jeff can break down retirement planning step-by-step step to get the real answers you need. In fact, 93% of clients who have had the Confident Retirement Approach conversation feel more confident about their retirement. Call Jeff Packman Financial Advisor, at 425-453-0272 for your Confident Retirement Conversation today. Offices located at 601-108th Avenue, Northeast, Suite 1800, Bellevue, Washington, 98004. Percentage based on Ameriprise Financial Confident Retirement Client Survey as of December 2013. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment and advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC.